Good morning, everyone. That's nice to hear a resounding good morning. So if you don't know me, my name is Paul, and I have the, uh, have the privilege of leading the team that oversees New Life Community Church. And I'm also quite short, so I'm just going to hire this stand a little bit so I can see. <laughs> Isn't it good to be together as one church family? Yes. I just really want to say on behalf of the eldership team, you know, thank you. Over the last uh, 14 months... We've actually just seen a huge amount of change, and I want to say thank you for embracing, thank you for welcoming, thank you for loving, and for serving, and supporting, and for honoring. You know, we are really grateful to be doing this journey, this adventure, this mission with you all, and uh, so I do want to say it's, <laughs> even at this moment, it's good to be together it's especially good to have our brothers and sisters from Verwood with us this morning. Over the um, last few months, my heart and personal study has been caught up with following the journey of Moses and Joshua. I think uh, there are just times and seasons when God, you know, he puts his finger on something through his word. Something about that pattern, something about that narrative that he wants us to pay close attention to. And I certainly think God has been using that journey of Israel and of Moses and of Joshua to teach me something, really, of the journey that we are embarking on now. Not just as one family here, maybe, but also the mission we're embarking as the wider church. So if you had asked me a month ago uh, what I would be delivering today, I'd be like setting my sights on the mission of the church, the inheritance of land God has given us in advance for us to claim pressing on to claim that land for his glory, for our good, and for the good of those who are yet to receive Jesus as their savior. I would have been looking at God's sovereignty, at leadership, and individuals like Caleb. Who wants to be Caleb when they're 85 years old? I want to be like that dude. Still strong and passionate about claiming the land God had promised them. <clears throat> and whilst there will be time to look at those things, actually I believe God steered my heart in a slightly different direction for our time together today. So we'll bank that one. So I just want to say before I talk about anything else, God has called us on a glorious mission together to bring good news to the lost as one church family stretching out the land across the land that God has given us to claim as our inheritance. And really all of that is wrapped up in the vision statements that we carry together as a church family. So our vision as New Life Community Church is to see, if you've clocked the banner at the back, to see many people's lives transformed by Jesus. To be a local church that pioneers and helps establish new communities of believers and to provide love and support for those who struggle with life's challenges. Young and old, passionate and strong, God is doing something new with us. Amen. And yet, when I read through the scriptures, there is actually a, familiar, a familiarity about the journey that the saints have done in going before us, from, all the way from Israel through to the early church, that provides, I think, great comfort to us today. A great comfort knowing that the same God who went before his people then is the same God who goes before his people now. So I'm going to pray. And then I'll crack on with what I believe God has uh, put on my heart. So, Heavenly Father, I do pray your word won't leave empty. I thank you that it is alive. Yes. 
living and active, Lord. Really, your word is going to do all the work itself, Lord. And I just want to pray that, Father, right now, that you would prepare hearts, that we would be willing and ready and able and saying, God, would you just have your way with us this morning through your word? That one of us will come out of this place the same. In Jesus' name, amen. So in terms of the outward-facing mission, that is what I believe God is doing with us, you know, in terms of stretching us out in accordance with his plan and purposes. So that's what I'm talking about there. But here and now, um, well, that will continue to happen, I believe, but in preparing for this Sunday, I've been stirred really by some of the prophetic input that we've also received and some of the recent scriptures that have been close to our heart as an eldership team. So whilst that path of mission, that stretching out the church going out, good news, that That is happening and will happen. And I felt stirred, though, to preach today about another path that God has taken us on throughout the year ahead. Whilst one path is concerned with going out, this path is concerned with what's happening within. And I do think God wants to show something of the beautiful work he is going to do with us together as a church family. So, if you take notes, the, the title for today's preach is called Oaks of Righteousness. And if you have your Bibles, um, we're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 61. It's a well-known chapter in Isaiah. And we're going to be rooted in verse 3. So it's Isaiah 61, verse 3. I'm reading from the ESV. If you don't have your Bibles, don't worry. Either cheekily lean to the person next to you. Or, um, or just be ready to listen, hey? So I'm going to read just the first sentence because that connects verse 3 to it. So it says, The, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, down to verse 3, to grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So in terms of the outward face... Oh, sorry, I'm reading... How about I won't read the exact same paragraph I just read to you a moment ago. A little bit of context. The, The subject for this chapter, and actually the chapters connected to it, is hope. The image that springs to mind of that of a hand, you know, reaching down, like you see in the movies, when you're clinging to the edge of a cliff, you're not sure if you're going to get yourself out of that situation. It's not looking good, but hope looks like the hands suddenly appearing, grabbing yours and starting to pull you up. All hope looks like that bit of light breakthrough, you know, in a dark cave that you're desperately trying to get yourself out of, it signals that there is Life, there's freedom, there's an opportunity to get out, to be free. And Isaiah is a prophet, and his whole book, really, in which he writes, is is the recording of what he sees and hears from God concerning future events. Future events that will heavily impact the people of Israel, that is, God's people. It was prophecy for the people then, and it is prophecy for us today. A bit like when Jesus says to his apostles in Acts 1, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, 
and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The witnessing starts local and then shows God's intention for the reach of his gospel to move out to the ends of the earth. And Isaiah's prophecies, they follow a similar pattern of witnessing locally, but then having a wider implication as we catch something of God's intention, these prophetic promises that go out to the ends of the earth. So when Isaiah is recording what he is hearing and what he is seeing, it's probably around a good 700 years, particularly in this, this group of chapters, before the arrival of Jesus. He records, he sees, he hears the imminent consequence of Israel's, God's people's, utter rejection of God. The people of God rejecting God. And he sees the fulfillment of the warning God has given in response to his people turning away from him and his ways. So he predicts the coming invasion of the Assyrians. This runs through to the prophecies of Israel's exile from their homeland on the invasion of the Babylonian Empire. Isaiah predicts the devastation, the brokenness, the pain of this once great nation that belonged to God. But he also records and he sees and he hears of hope for the people, of something greater to come, of someone God will send, a messianic figure, a saving one whom God's spirit is upon. What this saving one will trigger is this mighty move of God to bring about the fullness of his intention. His intention to redeem and graft many people into the promises of Israel from every nation, tribe, and tongue. This is God's hand going out and reaching over the cliff. This is his light breaking through into the darkness, giving hope to the lost. This is good news going out and gathering in in a spectacular way. And here in chapter 61, Isaiah is recording the voice of this messianic figure, this saving one from God, and he is sharing about the type of restoring work God is going to do through him. When we get to verse 3, this servant and savior, he speaks to those who mourn in Zion. Now, Zion is another name for Jerusalem. It represents the city of God. It's the central place of God's people. And when the Babylonians, when they invade, they're going to take they take everything that is precious and they burn the temple of God down. They desolate the city. Oh, the cry of Israel. Oh, the brokenness. Oh, the heaps of ashes. That which once was, now dust. And if you've ever been to the remains of an English heritage site, you know, they tried to give you a picture of what that castle or that village that remained looked like in its height, at its peak. I could do the same if you wanted to sometimes. I'll show you the pictures of what I might have looked like in my peak. <laughs> I'm only a remain now. <clears throat> oh, the memories of the city of God. Thinking of the time when David brought the ark into Jerusalem. God's presence at the center of the city. There was worship. There was dance. There was joy. There was celebration. But now, oh, to look to the left and to the right. Oh, to turn your head as you are being led away in chains. You see no hand to rescue. You see no glimmer of light in the darkness. 
The people of Israel's heart is faint. Where is the hope? Now, you might be thinking, wow, Paul, thanks for this really uplifting preach. That's a great one church Sunday topic. I just wanted to paint the picture, really, because for, for us as followers of Jesus Christ, we know that this isn't the end of the story. We know, in fact, that there is a greater story to come. And it starts when Jesus walks into the synagogue, picks up the scroll, and reads this very text. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. His announcement in the synagogue and through the scriptures to the whole world was that this serving Savior had arrived. And that through the, cross, through the cost of his life on the cross, he was going to usher in a beautiful exchange. That through him, ashes would be exchanged for crowns of beauty. That mourning, that sense of loss and grieving and longing would be exchanged for gladness and rejoicing. That a faint spirit would be exchanged for a garment of praise. Now, in Jesus, this messianic servant savior, there is an exchange to be made and a greater story to come. And that is true for any individual here who has walked through that door. I, I can't speak for where you're at in this life, but Jesus knows who you are and what you're longing for. And he came to exchange that brokenness or sense of loss or hopelessness that you might feel. Jesus wants to take that and exchange it for something much more beautiful and show that there is a greater story to come in your life as you say yes to that exchange. Now, as that is true for any individual, this message was given to the church, the people of God. It was a message for them then, and I believe that it is a message of encouragement for us today. So this being a... Oh, hang on. Uh, so as a church, we've actually had a prophetic word recently about being strengthened as we grow. And this being a prophetic word for the season that we're currently in as a church family, that, the, that as the canopy of the tree that is this church family stretches all the way from Wimborne through to Downton, the trunk of the tree will be strengthened as well. In Isaiah... This promise of a beautiful exchange is given to the people of the city, to the people of God, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Oaks are strong, enduring, robust trees. And it was when I was considering that prophetic word as part of my prep today that the verse oaks of righteousness became prominent enough to, to steer me in bringing this message God is doing something wonderfully new with us as a church family and yet it is also so wonderfully familiar when we look to the scripture there is land God is calling us to claim we are stretching ourselves out in faithful response and so the gospel goes out with us and I'm sure that as with the people of Israel and the early church, the stretching that we are experiencing is accompanied by a feeling of uncertainty and of unfamiliarity. Amongst the excitement, we can feel a little bit anxious. And despite us knowing that Jesus is the great agent of transformation, and so with him at the helm, change is inevitable in God's church. Change can also feel uncomfortable. And I'm saying this to you because I want you to know that as an eldership team, we're not naive to this. For many different reasons, 
In all that's happening, we understand that this journey can feel both exciting simultaneously and challenging. But I believe God would bring a word of encouragement to us that springs from his word in Isaiah. A word for his people then and a word for his people now to come, to draw on, to be refreshed and to be strengthened. I believe there are going to be some beautiful exchanges that is going to occur with us. God's people, the city of God. This is God's doing. This is him planting beautiful exchanges that lead to oaks of righteousness being established across this church family. I love that here in verse 3, the scripture says that these beautiful exchanges will happen in order that they may be called. This is a naming thing. God is naming this. This will be God's doing, God's initiative, God's planting, but, from others, but to others from outside this church context, they're going to be able to identify it. God will establish you as oaks of righteousness, but others will see you as that as well. So God's hand over the season ahead will see to it that not only is this church family greatly stretched from one area to another area, but firmly rooted and strong in core. God is producing something in us and those added to us that is strong, robust, and enduring Enduring. Oaks last hundreds of years. I'm not saying that I will last hundreds of years. <laughs> but God's work and what he's doing here will endure. Amen. What is also exciting what God is doing is that oaks are also great at reproducing. We will be oaks that reproduce oaks. And this is a privileged journey to be part of, to have a discipleship culture in us that isn't just concerned with new acorns, new believers, but is actually wholeheartedly devoted to seeing them grow strong in the Lord. This is a journey in which God plays his part, but also we have a part to play. Iron sharpening iron, one anothering as family together. And I do think that here in this church family, there actually is a precious environment to see people grow in their character and their gifting and a church family that is concerned with cheering one another on in that journey. So across the breadth of serving responsibilities in New Life Community Church, you're going to see plenty of opportunity for people to grow in their character and gifting. And that will range from the experienced to the inexperienced through all manner of activity, whether it be worship or teaching or welcome or anchor or kids work or youth work, whatever it is, Let's be a family that is helping these acorns to develop and grow into oaks of righteousness. Amen? Amen. Trusting that God will do his part, but we will try to be a faithful family in doing our part. And as a church family, we must turn and give all credit to God. Because he is doing this so that he may be glorified, that his name be lifted high. As Psalm 23 says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's for him. He leads us for him. It's good for us, but ultimately it's for him. And this is at the heart of worship for us. When we come together with a heart attitude, just one name that I adore. Just one name that I adore. 
It's a heart attitude of thankfulness, of gratitude. We lift the name of Jesus high. We glorify our mighty God for all that he's done and for all that he's doing. It is his hand. It is his church. It is his gospel. It is him that we praise. And God loves to take that which we may feel is counterintuitive to bring about mighty victories so that his name may be glorified. A shepherd boy to take down a giant. 300 men to take on a countless Midianite army. A bunch of 12 misfits to begin a witness of good news that will go to the ends of the earth. A bunch of brothers and sisters in Christ across really small rural communities to come together and be on mission together. God gets the glory for what he's doing and he will get glory for what he is doing with us. So, a beautiful exchange. A beautiful exchange in order to produce oaks of righteousness. Strong, robust, faithful followers of Jesus Christ. A beautiful headdress instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. So here at this point, I'm just going to invite the worship band to come back up on service. I'm going to invite us to stand together, if you can. And these guys are going to help us uh, as I lead us together in a response. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, and I would like to lead us into a time of ministry. Because I believe on this, hey, we're going to kick off one church Sunday in the new year well. Let's do it all in, eh? (laughs) I would like to lead us in time of ministry because I believe an exchange is going to happen today. And I'm actually going to call forward those who know an exchange needs to happen. This is a state a step of faith in response to God calling you. That God is calling you to exchange that which you are currently experiencing or holding on to for something he desires you to have. And I believe Jesus is here with us now. And he's willing to exchange with you today. This is God reaching out a hand and breaking through with light. So I'm going to pray and then... I'm going to call out a list of exchanges that I've, I felt in preparation that Jesus is identifying. I'm going to have elders and wives ready on standby to pray. And we'll open the door for prophetic contribution as part of our worship. And then, depending on what happens, we'll see if we need any more help. Eh? <laughs> and we're going to try and create a little bit of room, actually, for ministry here, depending on how. So just be aware of that. If, if guys are coming forward, we might have to clear a bit of space. So let me pray first before we do anything else. God, I pray by your Holy Spirit, would you come? Yes. Yes. Lord, we want to respond faithfully to your word and what, you, what I believe you've laid on my heart, Lord, in ter- terms of calling us to respond to a beautiful exchange that will lead to your planting of oaks of righteousness. Lord, we want to be not only stretching out 
but to be strong, robust, followers of Jesus Christ at the core. Not easily swayed this way and that. Oaks reproducing oaks, discipling one another, sharpening one another, and being secure in our faith and walk with you. And so God, I pray now, ready our hearts. Ready our hearts for where you potentially might be just putting your finger on. You're putting your finger on it, Lord God. We want to respond faithfully to it. Let this be a milestone moment for each and every one of us now. So Father, would you come? Lord, and would you open the door to the things that, you know, that we may not have seen as part of our preparation? Lord, come have your way, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to share some of those exchanges. And if it's you, I would like you to respond in faith by coming to the front as we step out in faith here. It may be that God shows us more exchanges as we step out. But what I am not expecting you to do is to, you know, you don't have to disclose the exchange Jesus has called you forward for. I'm not expecting that. This is just a step forward in response in faith to the call of God upon your life. But I am going to ask that the team who is going to pray with you be praying in faith for that exchange to happen. For we are trusting that this is God's doing in order that oaks of righteousness would be planted as a result. And this is ultimately what God is doing here through, his, through this exchange. He is producing oaks of righteousness for this church family. Okay, so here's the list of exchanges, and I guess it makes sense to start with Scripture. I feel God, in response to His Word, would call for an exchange for a crown of ashes, an exchange for a crown of beauty. And here I'm relating this to how you value yourself in exchange for how God values you. That sometimes you can place unhelpful things upon yourself, place that upon your head and your thoughts and your actions that devalue you. And God wants to bring about an exchange to remove those things and replace it with something beautiful, beautiful and secure from Him. I believe God wants to call mourning in exchange, uh, mourning or sorrow in exchange for comfort and joy. And I'll just say, if you hear this, and this is you, I want you to just respond in faith and come directly to the front. Faint-heartedness for a garment of praise. Fearfulness in exchange for a holy confidence. Anxiousness in exchange for peace and contentment. Helplessness for a plan and a purpose. Loneliness for security and friendship. Lack of direction in exchange for a clearly mapped out path. Treasures on earth for treasures in heaven. An exchange for what you count as valuable for what God counts as valuable. Pride in exchange for a softened heart. Perfectionism in exchange for grace. Doubt in exchange for trust. Cautiousness in exchange for adventurous faith. So that is any of you, and God has placed his finger upon your heart, 
I want you to come forward. Come forward now. Don't, don't waste and delay. It's just a step of faith. And we can get the elders to gather around you. And Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I think there's going to be plenty to come. I'm just going to, we're going to keep waiting. Keep waiting. I'll tell you what, let's, let's spread this out at the front here. It's getting quite, it's quite crowded. Let's spread this out. Come on, guys. Yeah, you go stand there. Let's spread this out, guys. And if you feel as part of our worship and our time together, that God is still is pressing his finger upon you. Don't, don't delay. Don't delay. When Jesus called Matthew the tax collector, it's come follow me, it's, it's boom done. Just leave everything behind. Leave everything even now that you might be holding on to. Leave that fearfulness behind. Step out. See what God does. It needs to be nothing more than you just responding faithfully to God's call upon your life. And so God, we just pray now, Lord, as we respond faithfully and we pray and intercede faithfully that a beautiful exchange is going to happen. And that, Father, you are going to take each and every individual who has stepped out in faith and bring about a change that produces oaks of righteousness within them. Lord, that your church might be known not only as one going out, but as strong within. And so I pray over every single one now, Lord God, would you speak? Would you speak that exchange? Would you share that exchange? Would you produce that exchange in every individual's life? And as we pray, Lord, may you just bring about your words as well. We just open the door to hear what you are saying. May your name be glorified. This is your doing. This is your planting. This is for your sake that we do this. So there may be more to come. But we're going to have an expectation that God is going to continue speaking to us. As we do that, let us be a people who respond in worship. Let us be a people who are keen to glorify God for all that he's doing with us as one family. Amen.